Welcome to Learning to Speak Life podcast on the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. This show will be focusing on the biblical truths surrounding the importance of speaking life-giving words, no matter the circumstance. This information will be relevant for new believers as well as the seasoned saints, as no one has their tongue under control. Hi, welcome to Learning to Speak Life podcast. I am Michael Kirchival. And I'm Carly Kirchival. And we're going to start off this broadcast in prayer. Heavenly Father, we pray that you will give Carly and I the words to speak. Yes, Lord. Help us, Father God, to be a vessel to encourage others as listening to this podcast to learn the importance of what it means to speak life over marriage. God, we pray that you will move mightily in us and through us all. Help us to apply your wonderful word. And God, we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, well, first, we just want to wish all you lovebirds out there a happy Valentine's Day um, tomorrow. Hallelujah. <laughs> 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 um, even though for Michael and I, you know, we, we're grateful for Valentine's Day, but we do encourage people to celebrate your marriage and your love every day because God, loves, <laughs> because God loves us every day. And um, I think that we should love and appreciate everyone every day as well. Today's podcast is a timely one in light of the fact that tomorrow is Valentine's Day. Today, we're going to be talking about the importance of speaking life over your marriage. Michael? All right. Thank you, honey. Well, if you have your Bibles, please turn to Matthew 19. We're going to be reading verses 4 through 6, which says, Haven't you read, he replied, that at the beginning the Creator made them male and female and said, For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one. Therefore, what God has joined together, let man not separate. First thing I want to talk about is when you get married, it is important that you realize that your selfish ways are going to have to start to change. Yes, indeed. <laughs> and <laughs> along with that, it's a process. Yeah. But you have to be willing to say, I love my spouse so much that I'm willing to change my, my simple habits or bad habits in order to make our relationship stronger in Christ. Yeah. An example of these bad habits are yelling at your spouse, being upset and speaking those negative words over the situation. Each person in marriage must ensure that no one else will be allowed to divide the covenant of marriage. Amen. The reason for this is Yes, people have their opinions, but you and your spouse, only you two know what you truly are going through. So it's important that you come together in prayer, that you read the word of God, and that you have faith together over the situation. One way that I used this, it helped me out, was a book called Your Wife is Not Your Mama. And it simply showed me how to not allow other people's words to take authority over my relationship with my spouse 
or to be the deciding factor on whatever situation that we're going through as a couple. Exactly. And that's, that's the key right there. What he just said, the importance of recognizing that nobody's word except the word of God should have any authority, any influence should dictate nothing that you do or say with your spouse, towards your spouse, for your spouse, only God's word, period. And that's something that you have to come to the conclusion on your own. You know, it's something that I had heard some elders in our church speak about this at one point, but it wasn't until I got into the word by myself with my husband also that God revealed that to me. So it's just important that as you're seeking to rectify bad relationships that you have, not just your marriage, let's say your marriage, but even outside of your marriage, these principles that of God's word, they always apply to every situation. So it's important that if you're seeking to, you know, heal those relationships that were words of just death were spoken constantly and just unkind words spoken, lies spoken, that you go to the word of God and you allow him to rebuild you by showing you who you are in him. Only the word of God is, that's the only true test of what you really look like in a mirror. You look into that word and it shows you the thoughts and intentions of your heart. And uh, the majority of the time you're going to find out they're not very good, but also it's going to restore you. It's going to love you. And it's going to give you the ability to recognize that only God has authority to speak into your life Amen. when you're a Christian. Yes. You give the enemy and other people permission, but they don't have the authority unless you give that to them. So the more you get into your Bible, the more that you begin to dig in God's word and fellowship with him, the more you'll realize that to be true. So again, as Michael said, it's just so important that you don't allow other people's opinions of your marriage of your parenting of anything between you and your husband or wife to potentially be divisive. You just take it with a grain of salt because there can be some wise counsel, of course, from our parents, we can honor them and respect them, but we don't have to listen to them as if they are God because they're not Uh, moving on to something else. Now I'm going to read to you Proverbs 21, nine. It is better to live in a corner of the housetop than in a house shared with a quarrelsome wife. This scripture is funny in the sense that I, I totally, every time I read it, I can envision it. I can see some man up on the top of his house in the corner on the roof and his wife going off and nagging him from inside and him just cringing and just rolling his eyeballs. Yeah, definitely his eyeballs. (laughs) It's just funny, but it's something that if you're not careful can be very true because Oftentimes, you know, wives, women, God has anointed us to see things differently than our husbands, which is a great thing. Um, We don't see things any better than they do. We just see them differently. And sometimes our way of communicating, because we can tend to be more emotional at times, Mm -hmm. can be very, very nagging. So I think that it says a lot about how ungodly words can divide a marriage whenever we are speaking things that are contrary to his word. It's only dividing. It's it's cutting hearts, it's hurting feelings, it's putting up walls. It is essentially destroying your marriage from the inside out. And that's a covenant that you swore to before God. It's something that you should take very, very seriously. And most everybody I've ever met that said, I do, at least at that time, they really intended to keep their marriage covenant. So if that's you today and you're struggling in your marriage 
I would encourage you, we would encourage you to get into the word and allow God to rebuild your understanding of what marriage is. Allow him to rebuild your understanding of who you are, who your spouse is, what role you're supposed to play in the lives of others as a married couple, as individuals, as parents, as any other thing that you could be in relation to another person. Let him minister to your heart to heal it. And he will restore you. He will. It's important to speak what God says about our spouse rather than our inaccurate opinion when we're emotional because God's word never changes. Amen. Thank you, honey. Now let's go to Proverbs 18, 22, which says, He who finds a wife finds a good thing and receives favor from the Lord. I love the scripture. This scripture is one of the first scriptures I read when I got married. And at first I just read it and just said, okay, yeah, I automatically, I need to know this. But in order for me to truly get the revelation from God about the scripture, I was God showed me that I had to allow him to show me all the good things that God has given me through my wife. For example, let's say that uh, whenever a situation arises, I have a tendency to try to uh, be legalistic, try to script everything. Whereas my wife, she is definitely more open and not trying to be legalistic and essentially is more realistic. And I, those are the things I love about my wife. And essentially what I'm saying is, even though uh, we see things differently, we are complete because I can't see everything. God has called us to be husband and wife. And what I can't see, she can see. And what she cannot see, I can see. But those are the things that I constantly speak over our marriage. Um, In order for me to to do this, uh, we as people, we need to truly know what God has given us. By speaking the word of God about why we're thankful for our spouse. I thank, I thank God every day. Thank you, God, for my wife. She's, she's done this. She's, she's special to me. And I constantly speak that into existence because I truly mean it. I value what she says. And that is important. While you value God's word, you also need to speak the word of God and thank God for what he's given you through your spouse. It's very important that you don't look just to yourself or what you think is best, but that you truly see what God has given you in your spouse and thank God on a daily basis of what he's given you. And then humble yourself to allow your spouse to minister to you through, especially through tough times. Yeah, and then you'll see as you do this, as you continue to speak the word, even just behind closed doors, because some people, let's be real, they're in situations right now where they might not even talk to their spouse. Yeah. But God sees your heart. He sees what you do in secret. So even those relationships, I encourage you now to go to take your Bible, to go to a prayer closet, even if that prayer closet is just when you are in the bathroom for a few minutes or in your car driving somewhere, but take the time to commune with God to speak his word because he promises us that his word does not return void. It will actually accomplish the purpose for which he sent it. 
So whatever is written in there about marriage in that Bible, if you speak it, it will come to pass. So that's something that, you know, again, just reiterating the, the importance of valuing the covenant of marriage through our mouths, through the words that we speak. And it's guaranteed, guaranteed that God will do what he said he would do. Whether or not it comes to pass all the time, it really depends on a lot of things. You know, I'm not ask, acting like I have all the answers to the issues in the world and why God, you know, certain things happen and why God doesn't stop them. But I do know for sure that his word is true. Amen. But there is sin running rampant in each one of our hearts and each one of our minds and in this entire world. So while his word is truth, there's a lot of things out there that are contrary to the truth that are deceiving not only Christians, but people in the world. So it's just so, so very important that we, that we watch our mouths and that we keep them consistent with what the word of God says. So just constantly, every chance you get, get into that word, meditate on that word and talk about it. Amen. Now let's turn to Proverbs 31. We're going to read verses 10 through 11, which says an an excellent wife who can find. She is far more precious than jewels. The heart of her husband trusts in her and he will have no lack of gain. I love the scripture because while we were just talking about the importance of being thankful, a heart of gratitude for your wife in this case, This scripture also talks about nothing tangible in this world should be more precious than number one, your love, your relationship with Jesus Christ, and also with your spouse. Don't let money, don't let a reputation, don't let a job, don't let anything get in the way of valuing what God has given you. As husband and wife, God has brought you together in covenant with him. And God sees that as very precious and dear. Again, like we talked about earlier, he no longer sees you as you by yourself. Once you're in covenant, he sees you together. So whatever struggles you're going through, you always have to remember you're going through it together. Mm -hmm. It's very important that you see your spouse more precious than anything this world has to offer. Say, God, I value this covenant you've given me more than anything else. And the way you show that you value it is obedience to his word. You've taken the time every day to read the word of God. Speak the word of God over your spouse. Come together. Thank God for what he's given you. Those days when you're upset and you're, you're unappreciative, Those are the days you need to remember what God has brought you guys through together, what you're going through now, and what he has planned for you in the future. All that takes a heart of gratitude of showing God that, hey, I value my spouse. In my case, I value my wife more than anything that this world has to offer. And I truly believe it with all my heart because she is a gift from God. That God has given me at the appointed time that we can come together and speak life over our marriage. Amen. And that power of agreement is so important. So important. Um, If you could turn your Bibles to Ephesians 5.33. I'm going to be reading this out of the Amplified, so it might have a lot more words than yours, but I love the Amplified. (laughs) 
However, let each man of you, without exception, love his wife as being, in a sense, his very own self, and let the wife see that she respects and reverences her husband, that she notices him, regards him, honors him, prefers him, venerates and esteems him, and that she defers to him, praises him, and loves and admires him exceedingly. As we talked about before, the world is constantly trying to divide the covenant of marriage, whether it's through media. I mean, you think about all the movies that you see and how a lot of things that are advertised, making it seem okay if a man has more than one woman or, you know, making it seem okay if a woman goes around and flirts with other men, even though she's married or even if she's single, whatever, you know, just the lies that the media uh, perpetrates when it comes to the images that they put out there of women saying this is the type of woman that you should desire. So a lot of people out there are believing these lies and they're missing out on their mates, the spouses that God has, you know, destined for them mm -hmm. simply because they're believing the lies of the, the media, the chasing after the wind. They're looking for that perfect image that has been created by Hollywood that they don't even understand doesn't even really exist. Because if they saw that same person that they see on a cover of this magazine spread or whatever, walking down the street, they wouldn't even put the two together. They wouldn't even recognize that person. So again, it's, it's in essence, we have to take a stand against the lies of the enemy that, that yes. come through the mass media and speak the truth that marriage can be wonderful if it's done God's way. I mean, I think about all of the images that are portrayed of marriage in, you know, the mass media for the last century. I mean, really, it's like, it's unfortunate because it just doesn't depict God's way of marriage, God's covenant of marriage. It just shows everything opposite, that every man out there is a cheater. Well, we know that's not true. But if you go by what you see, what you read in books, whatever, um, what you see on television shows, radio shows, yeah. whatever, that's the image. And, and then... On the one hand, you have the women that are upset because they feel like there's no good men out there. They're believing this lie. And then you have the men on the flip side being told that they're awesome, they're cool, if they have more than one woman, if they can deceive women and, and you know, take the, whatever, take things from them, whether it be money or, you know, physical acts of things, just whatever. Yeah. And it's sad because you have both of those lies that are heavily believed and because they're believed, they're being replicated. They're being duplicated in society because that's what's being spoken. I would encourage you to stand up and to speak God's word, to declare his truth over marriage, to declare the holy covenant of marriage, to keeping the marriage bed undefiled. All these beautiful things that we read about marriage in the scriptures stand up every day, not just for your own marriage. That's good that we're speaking life over our own marriages. Yes. But how about let's speak life over the entire institution of marriage. It's a yes. godly institution. Yes. One that, that, he, that he ordained to be holy and something that he has given us that would fulfill us in a way that we never thought possible. If I'm being real with all you guys, because most of you people out there listening, you don't know me at all, at least not in real life. And one of the things that anybody who knows me in real life will tell you is I never wanted to be married. It was not a thought. I wasn't that little girl that dreamed about getting married. I wasn't the little girl or whoever, the high school girl that dated or the college girl that, you know, was dreaming of meeting her husband. I couldn't have cared less. I couldn't care less about 
any of that stuff. I was more interested in furthering my career. I was going to be a civil rights attorney. There were so many other things that I had put in front of, I guess I had hidden that desire within me because of the relationship I saw with my parents. So that desire in me to not be hurt the way that my parents hurt each other was so strong that I literally had tricked myself into believing that I didn't want to be married and I didn't want to have children. Well, God challenged me to look inside my heart, and I'm so glad that he did. And the only way that he got to my heart was by his word. I was in his word. I was reading his word. I was praying his word. And he used our pastor at the time, my first pastor, um, Donnie Haynes, in the college town where we went to Washington State University. He used Pastor Donnie Haynes to speak to me to confirm that God was challenging me to look inside my heart, that God had already revealed you know, to me who my husband was going to be. And my husband already knew that he was going to be my husband. I just was not as quick to receive it or believe it because of those lies. Again, the lies. Yeah. You know, I saw not good things growing up, but at the same time, somebody out there was obviously praying for me. Somebody obviously was praying and speaking the word of God into existence in my heart and in the atmosphere of my life, because had they not, those seeds of righteousness and just believing what God had to say, they would have never bloomed that quickly. You know what I'm saying? Cause yes. you know, when we met, I had only been walking with God for what, like maybe two years, something like this when we got um, engaged and there's no way in two short years that all that could have harvested and manifested. But that's how I know that somebody yes. was praying for me and all those seeds were planted and God put them in me from the start. But unfortunately, I had blocked the, them from receiving water or sunlight, essentially, because I spoke directly against it. But I'm so grateful for God's mercy, for his forgiveness, for his grace. Um, truly, the tender mercies that we receive new every single day. Because without them, we wouldn't have anything living or worth living for. So... As we continue to talk about learning to speak life over our marriages, or or I guess more or less the importance of it, just keep in mind that it is a gradual thing and it's okay. You know, that's one thing I like to reiterate is just don't compare yourself, your walk with God to anybody else's. Don't compare your marriage to anybody else's. It's okay to maybe see a marriage. Like I know there's been some people that we've seen that were elders in our church, maybe once or twice that we thought, man, You know, when we're that age, when we're in our 60s or our 70s, we're so excited to be like them. Yes. And that's okay because what we were seeing was God. But I wasn't saying, hey, I want to be just like sister so-and-so. I have to be a wife just like her because I'm not her. And I didn't marry her husband. That's right. I married Michael and I need to be the wife that God created me to be for him. So just remember that. Don't compare yourself to people. And that's the great thing about the word of God is it's not going to teach you to compare yourself to others. On the contrary, it's going to teach you to compare yourself to the one who is holy. And that's it because that standard alone will change you and mold you and shape you into that very person that only you can be to God be the glory. Amen. 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 Thank you, honey. Thank you very much. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Now uh, let's go to first Corinthians Chapter 1, verse 10, which says, I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, 
in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree with one another in what you say, and that there be no division among you, but that you be perfectly united in mind and thought. In order for this to happen, again, that you must value, you must value, number one, your relationship with Jesus Christ, and number two, now that you're married, you need to value that you have a covenant before God, that you value your spouse, your your spouse more than anything else, that you choose to get honor through your spouse, not allowing anything that this world has to offer through worldly images to say, this is who you are. No, that's not who you are. You know who you are through the word of God. And you base in your life based upon the word of God and who God tells you who you are. Then you implement that intimacy with your spouse. That how that's, This is how you do it on a daily basis. You take what God has shown you, you apply it, you work things together as husband and wife, you value the marriage, and you keep fighting the good fight of faith. One day, there's going to be days you're not going to get along, you're not going to um, be in agreement with everything, but the beauty of marriage is saying, you know what, at the end of the day, yes, we had some arguments. Yes, we had some disagreements, but we came together. We prayed to God, and this is what we're going to do to fix the situation. Marriage challenges you to not be selfish and to value the covenant of marriage. And you must believe this, that people are always watching your relationship. Some people are going to have their opinions, oh, it's not going to work, it's not going to last this long, or, you know, something's going to happen. But God uses you as a vessel to say, you know what, yes, we're human, we make mistakes. But at the end of the day, we're still striving forward in Christ, and we value our relationship with God together, and we have no problem expressing that to anybody else. If anybody asks us what is our testimony, we should be proud to say, these are the things we've gone through. This is what God's working on us, but we're doing it together. And that's the thing we want to emphasize in order to do this is to speak life and to truly believe what you're, what you're reading and what you're speaking on a daily basis. Yeah, and it's, it's true what you said about people hearing our testimony because, you know, we overcome him by the blood of the lamb, the word of our testimony. There's somebody out there right now who just overcame some tough situations in marriage. God is honoring your covenant. God is honoring you because you're honoring him and you're putting him first in, in everything that you do. And, and although you went through a hard time, that testimony right there is going to save someone else's marriage. It's really exciting to know that Everything that we go through, it's not about us. It's, right. it's to glorify God. It's to help bring his people up from devastation and out of destruction and into hope and into peace and into the wholeness that salvation provides. So it's just remember, it's never in vain. Nothing that you go through is in vain. And there are other people around the world going through the very same things. So just keep striving to honor God in your marriage. Speak words of life over your marriage and get into that word even if it's just you, get into that word and pray and watch God change your life. All right. So 
Now, what we're going to do is just pray over this podcast. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time you've given us to discuss your, your word and, and have this discussion about speaking life over our marriage. Thank you, Jesus. Help us all to apply what we've learned. And God, we give you all the glory and all the honor and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Next week, we're going to be talking about, well, not next week, next podcast. Sorry about that. We're going to be talking about praying through difficult times. That's going to be on February 27th. And we look forward to sharing with you our hearts about the topic and excited to see what God does. Until then, continue to speak life and we'll see you soon. If you have questions, testimonies, or prayer requests to share, you can connect with them on their website, learningtospeaklife.com, or by email at info at learningtospeaklife.com. We pray this session has been a blessing for you.